everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly Pastor Joel Swakowski. Hey, ya, Pastor Joel. Hey, ya, Pastor Jonathan. I'm curious how fast I can say that intro. That may have been one of the fastest so far. Well, challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Okay. Today's topic is manifestational spiritual gifts. Very good. Yes. So we about to get weird up in here. What's what's yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit weird. All yeah. right. Well, well, hold on you. What the flockers out there. Right. Let's do it. Can you give us some background on the topic? I'd love to. So we saw how people confuse the spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible because they don't realize the reason there are three classes of spiritual gifts is that each came from a different member of the Trinity for a different purpose. Right. We've already covered the positional spiritual gifts from Ephesians chapter four and how they were given by Jesus to help the church. We know the church is made of individuals with specific purposes in order to help God's will happen on earth and in eternity. The gifts Jesus gave helps the members of the church become disciples, which was the last thing Jesus spoke about, the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. Today, we bring some clarity to another one of the three classes of spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says this. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. This is introducing, if you keep reading the passages there, introducing the manifestational gifts. These are the gifts from the Holy Spirit. And these verses even give the name that we use to title this class of gifts, but the manifestation of the spirit. So these are the manifestational spiritual gifts listed in first Corinthians chapter 12. Excellent. So how have people been hurt by this topic in the church? Well, similar to what we saw with the positional spiritual gifts, these gifts usually are treated widely different from two sides of a spectrum people either think these gifts are not to be used at all like they had a function in the early church that is no longer applicable or people attempt to use these gifts in their own strength instead of waiting for the prompting of the holy spirit people tend to initiate these gifts themselves so that's the spectrum the spectrum is these gifts aren't active at all anymore, all the way to do these gifts in your own strength. Okay. Now, here's a key thing that's going to be underlining this entire episode. And one of the main things that we learned through the manifestational gifts that Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians. If you look at 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 14, verse 40, Paul still at this point, two chapters later, talking about spiritual gifts. And he says this, let all things be done decently and in order. 
we have mentioned this multiple times in this podcast. This is one of one of the things we do to really bring the ultimate answer. We call it a conjunctive. And this is one that we refer to often. Both halves of this need to be present in order for this statement to be true. So for instance, churches, there are churches that are not doing all things. They may be doing the things that they are doing decently and in order, but if they aren't doing all things, Mm. they aren't doing the word of God. And this is in the context of spiritual gifts too. And that, so, and then another way this looks is there are churches not doing things decently and in order, even if they are doing all things, including these manifestational spiritual gifts, not doing them decently and in order, or if they are doing them chaotically or out of order, even if they're doing all things, they're not doing the word of God. So that conjunctive means let all things be done decently and in order. Both halves need to be true and active in order for it to actually be true in order for it to be me living the word of God. Yeah. I, I like that pastor Joel. One of the, one of the ways that I look at decently and in order is the right way. Yeah. Let all things be done the right way. That's good. What's what's the right way that these things are done decently and in order. Right. That's good. So what does this conflict look like in the church? We see that this issue presents itself in the church and we are, we're already seeing kind of two sides present themselves. Right. We have a strict side and a loose side. Can we start with the strict side and how the strict side responds? Yes. Well, we've seen that the strict side tends to lump all three classes together And then give people a test that shows them which two or three that they're supposed to do because they're good at them. So once you know what you're good at, you're supposed to do these gifts. That would be the strict side. Do these gifts. Or even this, you are these gifts. Sure. That doesn't work with the manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, it tends to turn people into choosing the gifts they want to do or choosing to do the gifts they think look great. And ultimately using these gifts of the spirit as a measure of the work we do as Christians and maybe doing them to convince myself, have I done enough or to convince others? Have I done enough? Mm. But attempting to accomplish these gifts in my own strength would be an example of me doing these gifts indecently and out of order, or what you would say is in the wrong way. Nice. And also on this side, we see choosing which gifts I want to do and which ones I don't is really me not doing all things. So we can actually see on the strict side that really both halves of this do all things decently and in order are not being followed. Do these people support this belief with the Bible? Yeah. So now let me actually get into if I'll read verses eight through 10 in first Corinthians 12, and you'll hear the list of the spiritual gifts we're talking about. Nice. 
And this would be it. Verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. So what they would do is basically ignore the verses that precede it, use these eight, verses 8, 9, and 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, as support in saying that each person has one of these strengths given to them. So this would be the support. It is, and once again, we see this in just about every episode we cover. Mm-hmm. The biblical support tends to be some Bible verse that a person uses to rationalize a flawed belief, ignoring any non-contradictory interpretation of those verses and adding their own meaning to it in order to appease their own beliefs. So that would be another example of this. I can use these three verses and then say, see, we each are given one of these or multiple of these, and we're supposed to do this. Got it. So again, when we're whenever we're talking about the strict side, oftentimes it's a list of yeah. different things for us to do. So in order to be believers of Jesus, we would need to do all of these gifts. Right. Got it. How would you handle an interaction with someone who held this belief? Well, I'd go over this entire chapter. Nice. Not just verses 8 through 10 but even just the ones preceding that I read during the background of this topic and I'd, which would give the context to these gifts. And, and I would ask some of the following questions. I'd ask, well, who is the cause of these gifts? Mm. What's the difference between these gifts and the others listed in scriptures? Or I could ask, do you know how these gifts work? Because now if you go one more verse, Verse 11 gives this to us. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So that would be the benefit of going through all of the verses, including the context, including the verses surrounding the list of gifts. Because we see in verse 7, the verse that comes right before verse eight, the, right before the list of gifts says that these are the manifestation of the spirit meant to benefit the gathered body, not the individual. Mm, nice. And then the verse that's immediately after the list says that these are distributed by the spirit as the spirit wills. So what, essentially what we're doing hopefully i can have a great and a healthy conversation with somebody on the strict side showing them i'm not making this up the bible right here shows us these are from the holy spirit not meant to be done in, in our own strength not meant to be done as we decide or as we will and these are meant to be a benefit for the body not for me so if i'm doing these things in my own strength i'm doing them wrong and if I'm doing these in my own strength in order for me 
to feel like I'm doing enough as a Christian, I'm doing it for my benefit and I'm wrong again. Nice. So essentially with the strict side, people are attempting to do these gifts in their own strength. Yeah. That's a very, yeah. Perfect way to sum it up. Cool. Well, before we go into loose perspective, why don't we take a call from McMillan, Alabama? Pastor Richard Tater is on the line. Go ahead, Pastor Dick. You are on the line. Hello, Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Joel. It is I, Pastor Richard Tater. How y'all doing? I now realize that the churches I have been affiliated with focus on order so much and the services are so scripted, there isn't a time for the Holy Spirit to demonstrate his gifts. Pastor Tater, is that how it is in the church that you pastor? Yeah, we, <clears throat> uh, yes. Yes, it is, Pastor Jonathan. Uh, I really need to listen to the rest of y'all's show However, I also wanted to talk to Pastor Joel. I have a question about the last week's episode. Oh, I'd love to talk to you about whatever you want to whatever you want to talk about. Any questions you have? Now, as a reminder, we did cover the gifts Jesus gave to the church: the positional gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. So, what's your question, Pastor Tater? Uh, actually, it was something that Dickie said during his phone call. Uh, he called me a bull and not a shepherd. Normally, I would ignore criticism, but Pastor Jonathan does remind me of Dickie and how he pastors. And going through restoration taught me about humility, uh, you know, being able to consider another perspective and also. So what's your question? Was it wrong with me to plant my own church as a pastor or am I an apostle? I was wondering the same thing after Pastor Rich's call. Now, God calls apostles and prophets. So I don't think that we can tell you if you're an apostle. However, apostles are definitely more bullish. Okay, well, well, let me have it, Pastor Joel. Uh, you can tell me, was I wrong to pastor all these years? One way to look at the fivefold gifts, the positional gifts we covered, is to see them as covering the subsequent gift. The order of the list that Paul presented was important for that reason. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. So, for example... An evangelist can pastor and teach the subsequent gifts in that list. And actually, all of them are supposed to teach. However, an evangelist is going to pastor different than somebody with the gift of pastor. So, hmm, an apostle can do all of them. Because they would need to fill in when they planted the church until he can identify the other roles. Exactly. If you are an apostle, it was right to found the church. And now you ought to be looking for someone else to become the pastor. My advice is to talk to God about it 
and look back at all the events of your life as if you were an apostle, but you just didn't know it and others didn't know it. Yes, yes, I will definitely do that. But I have to tell you, this phone call has settled me more than any other interaction that I've had with church leadership, period, exclamation point, exclamation point. God bless you, boss. This has been my favorite podcast. God bless. Okay. Talk about humble, Pastor Joel. Yeah. What a guy. Not only did Pastor Tater consider input from his son, Pastor Rich, he admitted his church service doesn't leave room for the Holy Spirit to act. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. He continues to show us what an awesome man of God he is. And the effect of the limitation side of the strict side of this argument is they don't believe the manifestational gifts exist today. Just like they believe that two of Jesus's gifts, apostle and prophet don't exist today. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Pastor Joel. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks again, pastor Tater. Well, let's talk about the other side of the argument. Let's talk about the loose side. Right on the loose side. It's, you know, If the gifts happen, they happen. If they don't, they don't. If someone makes you uncomfortable with this, just ignore them. And that's what a lot of churches are quenching these because they don't want to turn people away by, you you kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the episode. Are we going to get weird today? Eh, (laughs) We're not going to get weird. We're going to explain some concepts and some gifts that people I think identify as weird. Uh And on the loose side, we're dealing with people who want to avoid tension. We don't want to hurt people. And we want to be seeker friendly. So we don't want to make people uncomfortable. Now, this is the group of people who are doing all things, but not decently and in order. There's no structure or discernment behind when when these gifts are being used. That makes sense. So how have people been hurt by this perspective? These people are missing out on the benefit of the Holy Spirit moving in the church. Right. People are missing out on healing, miracles, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, etc. They see it as if they're the only ones. They see it as they are the only ones suffering if they are wrong. I don't want to be wrong in how I use these gifts. I don't want to be wrong in what the Holy Spirit's prompting me. If I'm wrong, I'm suffering. Mm-hmm. But the long term, they're hurting each other. They're mm. hurting the church. They're hindering the Holy Spirit. And how would you handle an interaction with someone who held the loose perspective? I could ask them if they think it's okay that people in their church aren't getting the benefit of the Holy Spirit. Nice. Or would you be okay if I don't listen to you? Because what you're saying to me is making me feel uncomfortable. Nice. Good, good questions. When you see this going on in the church, so there's our, there's our strict side. There's our loose side. When you see this going on in the church, this topic, what are your thoughts, Pastor Joel? I categorize the response to this topic in three different groups of people. There's a group of people that I feel sorry for. 
These are people who think they're living out the word of God, but are hindering the work of the Holy Spirit. These people are deceived. That's why I feel bad for them. And worse are the people who are teaching the word of God wrong and being the deceivers. There's the group of people I understand why they do what they do. This is the group of people who are leaving the church due to the state of the church as it is today in America. The Holy Spirit being quenched in a church means that church is dead. Wow. I mean, the Holy Spirit in a church brings life to a church. A Holy, Holy Spirit quenched church has no life. It's a dead church. People may be leaving the church without really even knowing why. They can just sense that there's no Holy Spirit power in this place or with this people. And we understand why those people leave church when they do. And then there's the group of people that I'm impressed with. These are the people who are giving up control to the Holy Spirit. Open to considering the many different ways or manifestations that the Holy Spirit can and does move according to. These people are the ones we see bringing edification to the church through their obedience to the Holy Spirit. And they're doing all things decently and in order. And now my favorite part. What is the ultimate answer to this topic of manifestational spiritual gifts, Pastor Joel? The ultimate answer, manifestational spiritual gifts are the gifts that happen by the Holy Spirit flowing through a believer for the benefit of the church. Nice. These gifts can happen through any believer who's open to it as the Holy Spirit wills to profit the body. And that's the big thing to remember is these one are the spiritual gifts given to the church by the Holy Spirit. So that's the part of the Trinity that these were given to the church for. And the purpose in which the Holy Spirit is giving these gifts is to profit the entire gathered body. Excellent. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.